that time of year again. Um, as always, with the end of the year, lists and numbers and things of that nature are loved by everyone. And we throw our hat in the ring saying, these are the top five things that we listened to this year. Um, yeah. Again, there aren't any hard and fast rules about this. This is kind of things we enjoyed. Some can be old, mm. some can be new, some can be things we discovered or things that we wanted to go through. And then there's a lot of honorable mentions because mm. honestly, just five is pretty difficult. <laughs> I may have been switching mine around last <laughs> night at about 10 p.m. as I'm re-listening to albums. <laughs> yes. So these, these these have definitely been locked in for a super long amount of time. Um, mm-hmm. yep. And um, so we'll take we'll take it away. These are if if you were to listen to anything from this year from our recommendations, this is kind of like what we want to get out there. Um, yeah, the creme de la creme. The creme de la creme. We're going to start at number five, Asher. Okay. Now, you'll be very pleased to know that one of your pieces of homework made it to my top five. Yes! Um, my fifth favourite thing from this year was The Midnight Organ Fight by Fright and Rabbit. Um, so, Josh gave this album to me as some homework this year. And it is a phenomenal record, as most people know. Um, but I didn't know that because, you know, uh, I'm a youngin' and I haven't listened to them all the time. So um, anyway, this this album really floored me when I heard it for a lot of obvious reasons. Like, it's so, it's so strong. Like, every song is a real banger. And yeah. it's, you know, like such a high quality... Um, songwriting style his voice is fantastic the themes are super intense but like captivating mm. um you know this album was obviously like a real moment and impacted a lot of people as we talked about earlier this year and like i have nothing particularly new to say about it that people haven't already said before except that like i just have really appreciated this one and it's kind of like like we've talked about before, you know, it has, uh, you can see that Mumford have like drawn on this kind of sound, but I think Frightened Rabbit do it in such a more raw and kind of less poppy way. Yeah. But they, the, the, the kind of Scottish accent and the <laughs> intense vocal performance is just like something else. So yeah, it's fantastic. Did you have anything to say about this album? I mean, yeah, I I love Fred and Rabbit. They're they're easily in my like top five bands of all time. I um, there's something so particular about the way Scott writes music. Um, it, like it, like you couldn't really see anyone else doing it this way and like pulling it off in the same kind of regard. Um, yeah, whether whether it's the accent or the um honest emotionalism with which like songs are tackled with i yeah yeah so something like so um like yeah this album's just a special piece of music and i'm glad you enjoyed it the way you did because i think um it really is quite precious (laughs) yeah no i i really did so i appreciate that and if anyone else is in the same boat as me and have heard about frightened rabbit but never listen to them before this is a really good place to start and mm. josh is going to work on me to listen to more of their albums <laughs> what is uh, your fifth favorite thing from this year or from, yes sorry yeah this year that you listen to. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah i maybe mentioned it once or twice before we stopped recording um mm. 
but the wonderful Kenneth Beats. Um, yes, yes. Has put out a beat tape called Louie. Um, and um, for those who don't know, a beat tape is uh, literally kind of the assembled uh, work that this producer, Kenny, has been working on. Um, so they're not like fully fledged songs. Some have some vocal parts, some don't. Um, they're more kind of, um, how to put this, like in, in a good way, like musical impressions, like kind of um, two to three minute songs that you can kind of grab a hold of and listen to. Um, mm. And unlike normal beat tapes, actually, there's a lot of thought put into this one um, mm. where you, you kind of get this view of uh, who Kenny is, a lot of his collaborators, and even some glimpses from his childhood. Because um, the name Louis comes from, um, like, in his family. They, they call each other Louis, like his dad and himself. None of them are named Louis. Um, hmm. uh, that is kind of like a running joke in their family. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Because his dad's a... Like a really good radio presenter, or what is it? Uh, I don't remember. The his dad used to um make fake radio shows for his friends, and <laughs> um he made a he made a fake radio station, and would make yeah. like mixtapes for his friends, and then right. like rec- record himself as a DJ talking between song transitions. Um, yeah. I think that's what you're talking about. So. Yeah, I uh, just saw that there was some interview and, and Kenny was talking about his dad being an influence on yes. him or something like that. Um, so this project's quite beautiful and you get lots of snippets of like musicians we love. Like there's um, like Dijon is actually on a couple of tracks and all these kind of yeah, like people cool. dropping it out. It does kind of leave me wanting more as a project. Like I'd love for like, not in the same vein, but like a kind of Gorillaz style project where Kenny like produces these songs and has just like all his like collaborator friends and be kind of like this mega project. I'd love for mm. something like that to kind of happen and, and go through and it kind of a different yeah. vein. Um, but anyways, I've been really enjoying Louie. I think it's really well put together. I think the instrumentals mm. are fantastic. Um, it's just a great tape. Yeah, for sure. Sadly, I haven't yet given a full listen. Um, I remember listening to one or two tracks when it first came out and it, it's very cool. Yeah. It, it's interesting because this whole collaboration thing you were mentioning, it's kind of his job already because yes. he's a producer. So I suppose he's gone, oh, maybe I'm just going to do something by myself. But hopefully he'll swing back around and have a bit more of a hybrid of the two, you know, yeah, give you that gorilla's I- feel. I guess I mean like in terms of putting himself at the forefront, but still having these kind of collaborations rather than yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of the time, I guess a producer's job would be to help the other artist kind of shine. Um, mm. Maybe yeah. it's re- maybe that's really ignorant of me to say, but I think that's kind of how I perceive the um, the current music industry. <laughs> no, no, that's fair. Like a producer's. The whole kind of job is to make the album sound as great as it can mm. um, for that person. But, yeah, no. It's it's hard also when the, the producer is a, a great musician in their own right. Yes. Um, okay. Number four. Number four. All right. My number four is Sun Lux's release, uh, every, the Everything Everywhere All at Once soundtrack. Sure. Um, where to start with this one? I mean, it's Sun Lux, so 
you are going to get an absolute audio feast. Um, I am a real, real pompous person sometimes. And when I've shown this film to people, I have made us listen with headphones on (laughs) because the soundtrack is just incredible sound design. Like it's just a lesson in how to do fantastic production. Like I was listening to it again the other day and it's now out on Bandcamp so you can buy it. Basically, my Spotify wrapped was only this because it's the more, one of the few <laughs> albums that I haven't been able to get on Bandcamp. Uh, I think I'm in the top 0.05, oh, sorry, 0.5 listeners or something like that. I don't even know what that means, but um, I've listened to quite a lot of their music on Spotify because it wasn't out yet. Um, I was listening to this and Ian Chang really shines on this record mm. with his like kind of like tuned percussion and Ryan has like mixed it in stereo, like it's popping all over the place. And when you listen to this with really nice headphones on, you can just hear it floating around your head, particularly on some of the like action tracks, um, like, um, you know, Chapstick and and um, the song before as well. Like it's it's really special. But in addition to this, the softer songs, like the main themes, um, are just gorgeous. Like these piano um, melodies that kind of rise out of all of these sort of soundscapey things. Like it truly is one of their best pieces of work. It's just a combination of all of their like musical skills, like condensed into 50 tracks or something. <laughs> condensed, you say? Condensed. Well, I mean, when you've got a, an album like Tomorrow's, you know, this is actually a bit shorter, I think. <laughs> um, they have just been um, on fire for the past few years, like with their three Tomorrow's albums and then this soundtrack and then Ryan working on Kimbra's new album. Like mm. they have just been doing so much. So I don't know what more to say except like please listen to this soundtrack as much as possible. Yeah. And it's- yeah. It's it's a it's a great piece of um of modern uh soundtracking like it's yeah like a a lot of associations of like how to soundtrack a movie are in at least in like modern Hollywood are either kind of like the John Williams style like we need orchestra we need big bombastic mm-hmm. pieces or the kind of style I don't enjoy of like comic movies where you have like a lot of modern like songs like actual like you like insert songs copyrighted mm. music you know yeah, your, yeah, yeah. your sympathy for the devil your your weird slowed down remix of a metallica song like all that kind of junk um we're <laughs> actually sad pop songs era that we went through <laughs> yeah uh, you, you could instead take a band that's talented like sunlux and have them like soundtrack your movie for you and mm. they managed to kind of emote where scenes need to be emoted with, it's really quite well done. So I feel like this should be applauded more. (laughs) Yeah. I'm super biased, but I just think (laughs) that they've just done a fantastic job. So yeah. 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 And the the movie is really good too. I've, (laughs) you were right. (laughs) My one movie of the year is a weird one. Um, I may have just watched this three or four times, you know, rather than watching anything else. So there you go. Okay. Well, I, you know, I had to show it to people and then I get to enjoy the soundtrack more. So, you know, I'm just a one trick pony. It's fine. What's your number four? <clears throat> yes. Um, this is something that we haven't talked about at all this year before. Um, mm-hmm. 
I have been uh, reasonably uh, disappointed with the um, scape of punk music that's come out this year. Um, I think it's in a weird phase where the production is really unfriendly to listen to. I, I, I blame Jeff Rosenstock, but that's an entirely different conversation. Um, so I've been going through older bands that I've wanted to catch up on. Um, mm. And one of them has been Titus Andronicus, um, famous mm-hmm. Roman emperor, uh, Shakespeare play and punk band from the two thousands. Um, <laughs> and they have a pretty famous album called the monitor, which is, uh, a reference to the USS Monitor. It's a boat that was sunk in the Civil War. So this okay. album... Not lizards in Australia. Not lizards. Not a monitor. <laughs> lizard. Um, so this album's kind of like a mix of uh, like hardcore punk music with some like uh, hypo-American Civil War themes and then like the kind of early 2000s like self-discovery oeuvre that like punk music had of like, I want to, I want to be a person. I want to like, I want to be all this kind of stuff. So it's really interesting. We kind of combine these things and I've been really enjoying some, um, no, this this is from 2000. I don't know. I have, (laughs) I'll be honest. I have, I've been listening to the remastered edition, which I think is from 2011. Um, got it. Yeah. So I think it's from earlier than that. Um, cool. Uh, so this album is pretty rough around the edges. If you can get past the, the lead vocals, um, cause they're pretty scraggly in places. Um, but you get these like big kind of, uh, pieces of like punk music with like guitar solos and like just huge emotions. And so I don't know, it's right up my alley and I've been really enjoying kind of going through this piece and looking forward to other, Titus and Jonicus albums I can get to at some point, but um, yeah, for sure these guys have been kind of my my solace in terms of what punk music is doing at the moment. Nice, yeah. that's cool, man. Yeah, uh, okay. I, I don't have much to say on punk music, so I'm not really no, right. much for authority on it. <laughs> uh, number three. Okay, my number three. Oh yeah, you haven't been doing the voice. That's okay. <laughs> um, my number three is a bit of a late comer. Um, like I mentioned in the Christmas episode, um, I, Greg Walker, who I just talked about in the previous episode, released a new album this year. And my interest in him has been growing since last Christmas when I heard his EP. And then he had this album of like hymns that he's reimagined. And then this new album is called Oh God. And it's like a 23 track album. Like it's a double album. but it has the songs are kind of like pretty short they're like around 2 minutes average so it's it's really um for me for me it's an easy listen in terms of like being able to cover it all in one sitting mm. but i found his songwriting quite addictive like it's it feels very to the point like he might just start a song from the first beat with his lyric and with everything kind of coming in and the raw sound is fantastic like I just really love it I love like the stuff that feels a little bit out of time or like deliberately kind of in the background or like distortion that's like way too distorted to go on top of like just a folk song like there's just so much sonic stuff in this which is really interesting to me and 
the lyric is also really raw and honest. Like, you know, he's he's kind of wrestling with his faith and questions he has, like, and, um, you know, the title of the album is kind of like calling out to God, but also kind of a little bit like, what have I just said, <laughs> you know? Mm. And some of the songs are like very sad and some of them are like very hopeful and it's just such a great collection of interesting songs. Um, he has such a way with words and they're like really to the point, like he's not waffling around. So, you know, I get the feeling that he's a very prolific songwriter and then he's able to kind of like make songs just very effortlessly. So, yeah, I I would have, you know, I could do a full review on this, but I just wanted to kind of put this in here because <laughs> since it got released, I have listened to this album again and again and again and I was like, this has risen to the middle of my top five very quickly. So, yeah, um, yeah he... I've just admired his songwriting quite a lot because, I mean, you know that I'm a big Neutral Milk fan mm. because of you as well, so thank you. I just, I find that kind of like earnest songwriting, rough to the point, really wonderful. And I know it contrasts sometimes what I'm listening to, you know, if it's ambient or yeah. electronic, like it's a very different feel and and maybe it's like a hard swing in the other direction just because I want to. But, um, yeah, I really like this. So I don't think you got – we didn't really listen to each other's top fives. But no, no, it's fine. Did you listen to this at all? I have, I have not yet, I'll be honest. Yeah, that's cool. That's fine. I recommend it. Um, I'll put favourite songs – oh, I don't think it's on Spotify. It's only on Bandcamp. So. Sucker. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's got one of his albums on Spotify. He'll miss out on those five cents he's going to earn from thousands of plays. <laughs> jokes, jokes on him. It's certainly been the year for dumping on Spotify. <laughs> Good, dumping them more. Damn, damn yep. Ticketmaster. Oh, man. We burn could them talk all about that. Burn them all to the ground. Shemozzle. Hey, were you going to drop 25 grand to see Tay-Tay, man? Def- definitely. <laughs> I think she, right. as a musical artist, is so integrous and worth that much. Anyway, I... hey, you used integrous like I do. <laughs> nice. All right, your top three. Um, your third. Yes. Uh, since this album came out, I knew it was going to be in my top five at some point. I wasn't quite sure when. Mm. Um, but third for me is uh, Black Country New Roads. Ants from up yeah. there. Um, mm-hmm. This album. Uh, I I love lots of parts of it. I think there's some aspects of it like I I find it hard to listen to and like sit down and enjoy it to some regard. Um that being said, I think uh a couple songs in particular Concord and the place where he inserted the mm. blade are um yeah. some of the best songs that have been written this year. Maybe even longer than that. I, I, uh, I find myself coming back to those songs and just really, really loving them. And, um, something very particular about Isaac's songwriting and mm. this kind of era of what well, black country new road are. Um, I'm still very curious to see where they go from here. They're still playing and still making music. So we'll see what happens. Um, mm. but this, this kind of, um, at least for me, this album, really represents a place in indie music where um, that kind of rejection of, you know, 
um, heavily produced auto tune um, compiling samples to make a whole uh, really is rejected. And actually the, the band playing together is a focus and like the, Mm. the, the music making process is something that's really treasured and cared for. And I'm really Mm. happy to see that and for it to be done so well um, and to be done by young, you know, 20 year olds in England. I don't know. It, it, it gives me the feeling that music isn't dead, which, you know, sometimes like I can't help but feel when I look at other things. Um, Yeah. So I'm, Oh man, I totally agree. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like this is something (laughs) I know it's a bit silly, um, (laughs) but remember how I was sharing you that thing, this guy talking about algorithmic music and AI generating music that's based upon your listens and how we, you know, it's not unfeasible that like there'll just be places where you can go and listen to algorithmically generated music that suits whatever vibe or need you want at that particular time. Yeah, Um, sure. And bands like Black Country, New Road are just like a complete slap in the face of that kind of thing. Mm. Like, there are so many artists currently making music that are obviously also like reacting to this kind of everything feels and sounds the same kind of view. And yeah, there's just something very, very special about what they do. And you're right. Concord is phenomenal. I was going through my Bandcamp list and trying to write a little, little comment to a lot of albums that I own. Mm. And I came to that and it was like, select your favorite track. I'm like, Oh, Concord. Even now, just thinking about it, I get it stuck in my head. There's just yeah. something really, really beautiful about I, that song. Yeah, the musical swells of that piece of music are just so fantastic. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So um, I do love this record. I'm, I have surprised myself by not managing to buy a copy of it on vinyl, but I probably will at some point. It's, um, it's a very special piece of music for me. Um, well, they're all sold out on Bandcamp, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> I'll have to go to my local and see if they have. Um, yeah. All right. Number two. Number two. All right. I was re-listening to my top five last night and shuffled things around. Nine number two is Flutterama by mm. Half-Handed Cloud. I, I had forgotten how fantastic this album is. <laughs> Although it's not my favourite Half-Handed Cloud album, this has risen to the top because of the sheer creativity in this album and again also the like meaningful lyric this john ringhofer like really delves deeper with well he delves into a different area with his lyric on this one it's a it's a much more poignant probably much more sadder half-handed cloud album Hmm. um it still has hope but it is poignant in a different way and musically he also takes a turn with so much tape manipulation and like fantastic sound design. Like it's just so well done. I can, I still can't get over the fact that he records like to reel to reel yeah. and, and just works so, so hard on all the aspects of this. Like even, you know, one of the songs uses a little music box as the main kind of accompaniment. Like, and he posted a picture of the music that he had, made for the music box to play and you know it's just Mm. like one of those little rolly ones that you wind on and stuff and so 
He's he's put so much work into the detail of this album. And as I was listening, I'm like, the the song um, Swallowing the Water You Walk On is probably one of my favorite songs, you know, that he's ever written. It's just so it has so much energy mm. and the and that and also there's um what's the other song that I adore? Um sorry, I just can't remember everything off the top of my head. <laughs> what's wrong with me? Shame. Yeah, so <clears throat> Swallowing the Water You Walk On is amazing. And then Trick Leash has like these fantastic melodies, these tape manipulated, um, kind of crunched and screwed with melodies on piano and stuff. It's just it's just textually fantastic. And again, another slap in the face of AI-generated music where it's just so it's so like real sounding. Like you can just hear the like minutiae of all of these instruments. Um, yeah, it's yeah. a piece of art. So I really recommend this album as one of his yeah. best. There's something really particular and fastidious about how um, Half-Handed Cloud puts music together. And it's like, I hate I hate the word unique because it has such a, like, like a kind of a basic meaning nowadays. But it really mm. is like, like there's something very different about it. Yeah. Just, just from how you listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, and and like, um, what was I gonna say? It's gone from my head. Yeah, I recommend it. Yeah. Okay. What's your number two? Um. Yeah. My 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 runner up is um. Oh, yes. Uh, the album by the band TV Priest. Uh, mm. what's it called? I didn't write that down. Shame on me. Um, I'm gonna cut this out. It's called My Other People by TV Priest. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, this album came out at a really particular time this year where like, um, at least in terms of uh, how North America was feeling, COVID is kind of running down. Um, and people were starting to emerge from this kind of, you know, feeling of anxiety and shatteredness all over the place. And, Mm. um, this record by TV priest, um, uh has a strong line of being thankful for the things that they have already um mm. surviving this kind of you know this not great time and being kind of present about those things and then on top of that musically it just really draws me in i um mm. i love its interpretation of the post punk genre um the really kind of aggressive um, drums and bass that they put out. And then like the mastering to make the, the guitars like really, really top heavy and just cut through everything. Um, mm. So you got like this kind of duet of like the vocals and these guitar parts um, really just kind of just pushing this music out. Yeah. It's really effective. And um, I don't know, like it's you kind of like, you hear the, like, in society, like, grown man, like, shouldn't cry kind of oeuvre. And then you get an album like this mm. where it's, like, no, like a, like, like, a man can make emotional music that still, like, is good and kind of mm. rocks. And I love this kind of package yeah. put together. So. It's like um, a different take on what idols do. Yes. Um, not cheeky, really, but very earnest. <laughs> yeah, very. 
Um, I remember enjoying this album when mm. you reviewed it. It yeah, it's very his voice is fantastic. It's very very cool to listen to. Go TV priest, more of them, please. Mm-hmm. Um, like usual, we have some uh some albums that didn't make the cut. Some honorable mentions, some runners up. Um, mm-hmm. I have a number, but yep. uh, how many do you have, sir? You go first. Uh, four, four <laughs> quick ones. <laughs> um, we both agreed that Angel in Real Time was mm. a pretty standout album. Um, but both of us also agree that we didn't love all of it. Um, there were some really standout tracks, you know, like The Man Himself um, and like a bunch at the start of the album for me and then a bunch at the end were really, yeah, really amazing tracks. Um, did you have anything to say about that one? Yeah, I I did find myself keep coming back to this record um, and there are like some high points of it that I just really, really love. Mm. I guess it kind of has that kind of classic um, band feel to it where like not every song is going to be on the radio, but the ones that do really, really shine. And yeah. um, you can definitely feel the advancement in the, the band's musicality from their last couple records. Um, yeah. And it's good to kind of see them, I don't know, go from strength to strength to some regard. It's, it's definitely a, a very good record for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, another quick one for me was um, Porter Robinson's Nurture. Mm. Um, it's probably a bit too much background music to really grab my attention fully, but there are some beautiful tracks on that album and it's been on my list of maybes for a while. Um, and that's quite good. The one that's a bit surprising is from you. Um, so you sent me a text uh, of Anthony Fantano reviewing the ruby cord by richard dawson (laughs) now i still haven't watched the review i don't often watch anthony's reviews but i checked out the album and boy oh boy what an album i mostly said it as a meme because the opening track is 41 minutes long and it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) this is my kind of album man so it's like an hour and 20 minute album and it's a concept album set like 500 years in the future after the extinction of humans. I'm not sure who the main character is then, but um, it's a fantastic album. Again, like the UK is churning out some incredible stuff. Mm, mm. It feels like kind of like bard core. There's like harps and guitars and violins, but then there's like synths in there too. And his vocal is, is not pretty at all. It's fantastic though. Mm. And it's really interesting that the first track, as you say, is 41 minutes long. It's called The Hermit. It takes 12 minutes to hear him, uh, his voice. The first part reminds me of like Dirty Three. It's kind of like almost jazzy sort of acoustic ensemble. And then he comes in and like there's just some beautiful melodies and his voice is so raw and often left a cappella, just him. So I highly recommend this album. I really, really think... Like, it's an amazing piece of art. So thank you for sending that one through. I really <laughs> appreciate it. I'll have to listen to it at some point. <laughs> By the way, it's so funny. I didn't realise that Anthony Fantano, like, on Twitter, when he posts, like, a review, all the comments are just, like, trash. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. thought that people were talking about the album. They were just, no, like, no, joking just, just and bots, stuff. Dude. 
right. It's just rubbish. I was like, this is a really good album. <laughs> anyway, everyone keeps confusing Richard Dawson and Richard Dawkins. I'm not <laughs> weird. Anyway. He's famous Richard. Um, and I should just mention, I, I listened to a lot of John Van Dusen this year. Like, I can't really put um, I Am Origami Part 3 as one of my top albums because I actually got into that heaps last year. And for part four was quite lovely this year, but um, I think there were just a couple of standout tracks for me from mm. that album. So I'll put those on. Things like um, Oh Sweetest Name is pretty amazing. So That's me. Do you sure. have some honorable mentions too? Oh, man. I um, I have a number <laughs> of like, ones that have been crossed off and then put on again. I um, Yeah. <laughs> I you guess can keep them on. I guess as we were talking about getting used, um, probably um, I'll go with only a couple. So surprisingly, I don't think I thought that would be higher than this. Um, the Fontaine's DC album that came out this year. Oh um, yeah. Skinzy Fia. I still really enjoy it. Um, I just think it's missing just a little bit of something, something to push it to the top. Um, sure. I do love a number of the songs on there. In particularly Jackie down the line, I think is uh, just a great piece of music. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Fontaines are always great, and I think they kind of need, need to need to go a little bit further for me. Um, right. Talked about gang use. Uh, Marvin Gaye has been um, just constantly on my rotation. I don't think it would be fair to put <laughs> like one of the most legendary Moto albums of all time on a top five list. That's just kind of cheating. Um, but I did want to <laughs> mention it. That's totally cheating. I mean, I'm not going to put the okay. white album on here. Like, um, <laughs> but I have just really loved listening to what's going on over and over again. Um, yeah. I mean, the bass parts from, from Jameson are just so oh, yeah. amazing. And the vocal. Fantastic. Anyway, um, if, if, if you haven't given, Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On" a listen. You really should. Um, yeah, it would, it would it would it would top my top five any year I listen to it. Basically, um, uh, one I yeah I'll add this on since I didn't want to talk about it. Um, Smile, the project from Tom York and Johnny and yeah um, yeah, and the drummer from um, Sons of Cormet. I think. Yeah, they're making a second album probably next year as well for this band. And I th I think I hope that they kind of break out of some of their normal patterns a little bit more. Um, like, I find this record enjoyable, but not that engaging, except for one or two of the songs. And I feel like it lacks, I'm not sure, it lacks something. <laughs> mm. um, at least for me. I don't know. That special something. It's definitely the best of Tom York's side projects. It's the most complete, but it's still mm. lacking a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me like missing Colin Greenwood as like a fantastic bass player. Like, like seeing Tom and Johnny play the bass is just kind of like more utilitarian rather than Johnny's yeah. brother, who's like honestly a, a master of the instrument when it comes to like making interesting melodic bass lines um mm. anyway i'll get off my hobby horse and then lastly um the latest album from the arctic monkeys 
called The Car. Oh, yes. Um, I keep uh, hearing things about this. Yes. I don't think I've given it enough time, which is why it's not on the list. It's very interesting. Um, mm. It's heavily influenced by, you know, Bowie and Scott Walker. So it's quite experimental. Huh. Um, interesting. Even from their last album, which was quite experimental. So it's kind of... It's not the easiest thing to listen to and compartmentalize, but as a project, it's fascinating. And I'm really happy that they're kind of making this, you know, their own thing. Um, mm. I need, to, yeah, I do need to give it some more time. A, a couple of the singles are wonderful, like Body Paint, um, but I need to kind of delve in a bit more to give it some more time. I think, I think it would end up higher on my list if I had done that, but there's just yeah, so much sure. to go through. <laughs> Um, oh man it's been a great year for music it honestly has um yeah. everyone people say like oh i don't think music like we used to no i just need to look harder in my opinion um, <laughs> i don't okay. even know how people say that like <laughs> i honestly i'm like there is a new album every single week for me i just i yeah anyway people don't do the work yeah. asher all right number one what is your number oh. one album of the year sir if anyone has been listening to me at all they'll probably know what this one is um this is God Carrier by Lack the Low. <laughs> now, Lack the Low is Cat Hunter, an Australian singer-songwriter from Melbourne, and she released this EP back in March, and I was thankfully introduced to her work by Poultry, which I finally figured out. So thank you, man. <laughs> um, I'm slow. <laughs> so this is an EP, it's six songs, and I think that's part of the reason why it's risen so high is because every single track, track is like gold like it's so strong there's like no filler or killer as they say Mm. and i just can't get around this album like i can't get off it it's it's one of the best combos of lyric and sound that i've heard all year like it she manages to not just kind of like say something okay she like has very intentional stories to each song and it's wordy which i love Mm. And it's she has just put so much time and effort into the production of this album. Like it's it, there's so much color and um, light and shade. You know, the opener's like dark and brooding, and then by the middle of the album, you've got this beautiful song called "Take It Lightly," which has haunted me all year. And then you're ending with these like almost Celtic sounds on Bridget. Like, and then in between that, you've got Saturn. This like um atypical song structure and weird sort of like almost middle eastern vibes and it's just and you know the the sharpest knife which is kind of like the single banger but like it's so poignant so every every song on this album is a standout so i just i had to put it as number one it's risen to the top very quickly and Mm. stayed there Mm. (laughs) so yeah i i it's a fantastic one that's my number one. Thank Very you, fair. Cat Hunter. Very fair. Yeah. And what is your number one? Yes. Um, I, uh, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this piece of music. I put number one is the uh, Seven Psalms by Nick Cave and yes. uh, and Warren Ellis from this year. Um this, this is a piece of music that I find very interesting. I don't know necessarily that I um, love everything about it, but 
it's so engrossing in terms of um as a project as a piece of art that i can't help mm. but put it this high um Hmm. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, Nick Cave has a lot of like eras of like making music. Um, in like the early '90s, is a lot more kind of aggressive rock and roll, and then the 2000s, it was doing a lot of kind of, um, kind of angry, questioning God, questioning while still being a little bit avant-garde. Um, hmm. And in the last number of years, it's been primarily dealing with the concept of grief. Um, mm. due to the the deaths in his family, which have been rather tragic, and then um, to have another son die, and then really not say anything about it, but release this piece of music unannounced um, to the world, I think is quite telling. Um, yeah, for yeah. for a for a man who's as good with his words and crafting songs as Nick Cave is, you know, where do you turn? when you need that extra thing and he writes Psalms, which mm. is a, you know, a project in of itself that not many people would undertake. Um, but these have such a quality to them of um, genuine emotion um, and intensity, which go hand in hand with the uh, musical soundtrack, the ambient music that's put behind them they really hmm. pair beautifully together to have this kind of, I don't know. This is, like I, I, I struggle to think of another musical project that is like this that I've ever heard before kind of thing. Um, hmm. yeah. So I, uh, it's yeah. Nick Cave's seven Psalms are at the top of my list for this year. Um, hmm. Not that I like, I don't listen to them when I'm driving home or like, you know, like when I'm like wanting to do something fun, but if you know, going for a cold walk in the winter, you, you put on this kind of music and you think about, you know, what's going on and it's perfect for that kind of thing. Well, yeah. And it's like, it's not, it's not a requirement that your favorite songs are the ones that are bangers and make you want to dance and sing. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You true. know, it's like music is so much more complex than that. And this EP album was very, very moving. Mm. I've only listened to it a couple of times for probably a similar reason. And I still remember listening to it. I was, yeah, sitting in a park and it was just like, yeah, very short, but so much to unpack. Yeah. It's, yeah. And you're right about like Psalms because Psalms historically uh, in, you know, the Old Testament, they are just, a you know, such a wide variety of postures, you know, of celebration, of mourning, of mm. all sorts of things. And it seems very appropriate to use that medium to talk about grief. So, mm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're very, very moving pieces of work. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of found myself, which is why I put this so high on my list of mm. like when people asked me, like, what's something I should listen to from this year or something that I've missed? I find myself mm. often giving this the most as like something it's mm. interesting that's being done out there that people should have a grasp onto. So that's kind of why I'll put yeah. it so high. Anyway. Yeah, I was mentioning it to people too because some people weren't even aware of it. And yeah, that's strange to me. Like, you know, there was some article about Nick Cave came out. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And you've obviously heard Seven Psalms. And I'm like, no. I'm like, oh. 
like this is amazing <laughs> so anyway it somehow slipped under the radar but yeah that's cool that's my number one what a year great so <laughs> well i mean i'll just i guess i'll just take us out shall we <laughs> um so thanks again for listening to another episode of what we're listening to um we aren't going to really take a little break now as we traditionally do over the January period. We'll be back in another three weeks with another episode. Um, feeling ready to go and got some things that we're still listening to. And I, I hope that you've enjoyed this. This is, as Josh said at the top of the show, like the, you know, if the one kind of playlist you listen to is this one, uh, do so. This is probably the our favourites from the entire year. So... I'm looking forward to listening to this playlist as well um, <laughs> to hear your favourites and mine all in one bag. So thanks again for uh, listening to the show and check us out on socials and wherever you listen to podcasts, leave us a rating and review, share us around. We love to share the music that we love and hopefully you do too. So mm. thanks for listening and see you around, Josh. Absolutely. See you, mate. Bye. Bye.